Hey, recently you got a new house. Uh, would you say that you have a passion for your new home? Yeah, I love my new house. Uh, that's a weird question, though. Okay, where are you going with this, Sean? Hey, coming up on the Bible Story Podcast, we are going to see that Jesus' passion for God's house is like nothing else. Of course, Jesus is more passionate about God's house. I mean, I'm more passionate about God's house. <laughs> Welcome to the Bible Story <laughs> Podcast. My name is John Draper. My new homeowner friend is Braden Poet. That's me. That's you. And congratulations. I'm a new homeowner friend. Uh, so subscribing to this show is free, unlike your new home. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, it's not free. I like to subscribe to most podcasts that I enjoy. Uh, so you can subscribe through all the major podcast platforms, and you can sign up for our weekly email at BibleStoryPodcast.com. John, tell people how excited you are that I, I'm living in the same town as you. You know, I, I'm actually really excited. I, I'm not even going to overstate I this. I can see your house from my house. You know what we can do? We can put, you know, those, make those like tin can phones. Yeah, with string. Yeah, like yeah. we don't even have a need for like a... A, a real telephone. Yeah, a, a smartphone or anything, no, right? The cop shop's kind of in between, but I'm sure if we go through a couple of their windows, they yeah. won't mind. Yeah, they won't mind. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing here uh tin can phone you know don't don't mind us i'll just put yeah and then i'll just say good night to you every night yeah because because that won't be weird being a newlywed <laughs> all right okay okay we got derailed hard before we even got this uh podcast yeah we're talking about going. myself so much in these last two episodes all my right wedding my house okay so last time <laughs> last time Last time we did, we talked about a wedding, not my wedding. I mean, a little bit, but last time Jesus turned water into wine at, at a wedding celebration. Yeah, he did. And, and he wasn't really overly comfortable doing this miracle. No, he's right? kind of put on the spot. Yeah, it, it, it was a public setting. Mm -hmm. um, and, but, you know, he, he followed his mother's wishes as a good son will do. Yes. I hope my mom's not listening. She's going to be like, you said on the podcast. Okay. It turned out to be, I mean, the best wine served at the end of the wedding because it was the wine that Jesus made out of water. That apparently he's really good at making outstanding wine. Yeah. You, I, I guess so. And so also it was, you know, it was soon time to celebrate the Passover. So, you know, Jesus went from the wedding, uh, rested a few days uh, in a nearby town, and mm -hmm. then they are off to go to Jerusalem for the Passover. Right. And, uh, you know, if you don't know what the Passover is, listen to the series on Moses. It's a huge deal and makes not only the Old Testament may understand, help you understand the Old Testament, but actually a lot of the New Testament and Jesus himself. So it's a big deal. Yeah, John and I tried to explain it really well. Tried. We tried. <laughs> tried being the key word. In short, uh, it, in short, the Passover, it's a celebration and remembrance of God's provision and rescue of Israel from Pharaoh in Egypt. You know, all of the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians, and I mean, it was a really terrible situation. Yeah, so naturally, off Jesus goes with his disciples and, mm -hmm. and such to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Exactly. Jewish and the, the disciples, they, <laughs> Jewish, Jesus and the disciples were Jewish people, and so that's that was the importance of celebrating the Passover. That's right. So, okay, so Jesus then, you know, he walks into a temple a place that's supposed to be for worship, and he sees like a marketplace set up. That's right. And so, Braden, this is not any ordinary market. 
it had a particular purpose. And I think when our listeners hear about it, they might think, well, you know, that's actually pretty reasonable. So not normal market isn't like not buying like spices. Food. No, this is this is uh, a very specific purpose behind this market. Okay. So before we get to the purpose for the marketplace, I'm going to interrupt you. Okay, we just, <laughs> we need to know that this the temple was a place of worship. Although when we say worship today, we think of maybe like singing or dancing or you know uh, yep. public worship like that. But it, it was different back then. It, quite different. Yeah, you know the Israelites. I'm just going to say it. The Israelites would offer animals, mm-hmm. goats, sheep, cattle, birds, and grain to God as a way to honor him. The priests would kill the animal during a ceremony, and then the animal would often be burnt on a platform called the altar as a way of symbolically giving that animal to God. Now, there was a ton of rules and regulations around all of this written in the Old Testament, but it is nothing like what we do today. No. Nothing. And Okay, and there's a couple... Look, like really essential things to note. During this time, sacrificing an animal as a burnt offering was in many ways just burning money. This was people's livelihoods and they would take like the best animals that they had. That's um, right. And and so they're just tossing away money that they could have had. You know, the livestock had significant monetary value. Second, as we all know, you can't just undo death. Once you had sacrificed an animal or the priest had killed an animal, there was no way of bringing it back. The animal was gone. It revealed how serious this worship, this commitment to worship was. And it also made really known how worshiping and being made right with God was was costly endeavor. Yeah, that's really good. To connect, now to connect this with our story, Jesus understands all of this. He understands the significance of the temple as a place of worship. And he sees the marketplace and he's furious that, would, that people would try to make a profit off of the worship of God. Right. The purpose of this marketplace in the temple was to sell animals, grains, and, and birds to people. They sold the animals that, you know, would then be used as a sacrifice in worship to God, which, like, think about it. It makes sense. People, yeah. people are coming to the market and and it's like yeah that seems like a really efficient place to sell these things yeah right? it, very very effective way to go about things yeah. feeding an animal for several days across you know the open desert wilderness uh you know it would have been difficult not right. a, a lot of fun so much easier just to buy one at the temple yeah and you know made you know your sacrifice efficient and convenient i which guess maybe isn't the way it should have been it's like if you were like to get on a plane and and you were going somewhere for two months and you said oh i gotta buy groceries before going on the plane right and i gotta pack all that with me and i gotta carry that it'd be it would be a huge burden it would be it wouldn't yeah it would i mean it's illegal yeah that's maybe not the best example but i mean it's just like you'd have to carry all that with you yeah it'd be it'd be a lot to do that's right cumbersome okay so the the you know it's easier to just sell them at the temple where we see Jesus kind of walk in. And, and Jesus was like, he was, he was upset when he saw it. I mean, which again might sound confusing because it's, it seemed to make sense. It was an efficient way of doing things, but he didn't like that people were, you know, were, were making the temple into the marketplace. He didn't like what this marketplace was, was standing for and where it was located. Yeah. So Jesus, you know, he finds a rope. 
and he begins to make a whip. This is this is a little bit crazy and maybe yeah. a little bit of outside of how we understand or think typically of Jesus. It's very different. Yeah. So he makes this whip out of a rope. He chases the people and animals out of the temple. He throws the money onto the floor, flips the tables over. Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace, he yells. I think this might be the angriest we see Jesus. And, and he's anything but, you know, mild and, and meek and gentle here. He's, he's literally flipping tables. Yeah, he's physically imposing himself. Mm-hmm. The story, you know, it forces me to remember that Jesus is not just gentle, meek, and mild. He, here we see, we see Jesus as aggressive and angry. Yeah, Jesus is angry. Anything but soft-spoken and, and mild-mannered. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a timeout. Pause here. All right. Okay. I, I think Doop. we need. That's my pause button. <laughs> a uh, I think we need to describe more about uh, the author John and his audience. Okay. So uh, John is writing to people that would have already known the story of Jesus. He's writing this obviously after his encounters and with Jesus and after Jesus had died, and and so we see John in his writings often refer to the ending as though the readers, you know, should remember it. Right. They should know how this story is going to end. And this is particularly important in this story. So so pay attention. All right. So it sounds like to me, just, you know, maybe putting a few dots together that yeah. you maybe are dropping another hint regarding a future contest. And so no, we need to pay uh, no attention. No hints about a future contest. I've just, I've just given context. To <laughs> right. I, I get you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I, mm. I hear you, big guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yep. No, you're ridiculous. It's fine. <sighs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the disciples turn to each other. And together they remembered a prophecy written in scripture in the Old Testament, a prediction about the Messiah. And it said, passion for God's house will consume you. Right. Which, I mean, this was just more evidence to Jesus's followers that he was the Messiah. And the one that they had been waiting for, for many generations, you know, you know, to come. And unfortunately, they, along with the other Jewish people, you know, they were looking for this Messiah and they thought that he would, you know, be able to overthrow the Romans who were currently in control of Israel. But they had, they had the wrong idea of Jesus as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Jesus did not come to overthrow any government. He came to establish a heavenly or a spiritual kingdom here on earth. So as we are going to learn, this was entirely upside down relative to what everyone at that time expected of the Messiah. Yeah. While the disciples looked on with, you know, approval as Jesus was physically intimidating and, you know, pushed his his will around inside the temple, the religious leaders got word and, well, they were upset. <laughs> they were not just upset. They were fuming mad. Yeah, I did that in injustice. Yeah. The, the, re- the religious leaders were so angry, but they were the pers- people who permitted this marketplace to happen. You know, right now I'm going to just speculate a little bit here. Okay. I I think that the religious leaders maybe got a cut from the merchants mm-hmm. selling the animals. Or maybe the merchants likely had to uh make a financial deal with the religious to be a al- leaders to be allowed to set up and sell things like in the pay temple. Pay rent on a spot. Right. Yeah. Or or maybe even 
the religious leaders just set the whole thing up themselves. Mm. At, at any rate, the l- religious leaders were in charge, and they right. would have had to give their stamp of approval right. on, on this. And, and it would make sense that there's some sort of benefit to them sure. to, to do that. Okay. Yep. So, okay. I mean, think about that. Jesus had just undermined, I mean, not only did he flip tables and probably make the market people mad, right? Um, but he had undermined the authority authority of the religious leaders which was like really unheard of at the time yeah you didn't do that very powerful people and and you know if there was any financial gain to those religious leaders i mean they could they could kiss that goodbye it was gone that's right and the religious leaders so they enter and and they are angry what are you doing they demanded of jesus if god gave you authority to do this show us a miraculous sign to prove it jesus then replies he says all right you know, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. What? The religious leaders exclaimed. It, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you can rebuild it in three days? Okay, okay. Th- this exchange between the religious leaders and Jesus, it, it's intense. Like, they're like a shouting match, you know, but Jesus says something ridiculous. This is a ridiculous claim that the temple, if the temple were destroyed, that he's just going to, like, raise it back up in three days. Yeah, it... It seems far-fetched at best. You can't best. build anything in three days. No, I can barely build an Ikea shelf in three days. We can't build anything, <laughs> We're not very regardless of the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately for us, the author, John, you know, he gives us some explanation. Hmm. So, Braden, read yes. John 2, 21 to 22. Okay. It says this, But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this. And they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. Again, we see John mention there the end of the story. Right. The end of the story. So now John doesn't say anything more about this altercation between Jesus, the merchants, and the religious leaders. No, it's just cliffhanger. It just kind of leaves it there. But we can assume that Jesus and his disciples left the temple unharmed. Now, as we're going to see next week, Jesus did a lot more during that week leading up to the Passover. Jesus loves God. That's a given. And, and the temple is where people met with God and worshipped him. Jesus had a deep passion for God's house and, and everything that God designed it for. You know, this, is, this is the one thing that we can learn from today's lesson. You know, as messed up as, as the formal religious organization was, mm-hmm. the temple was still God's house. It was God's dwelling. It was where people met with God. Mm-hmm. Now, m- now, many might look at what's wrong w- with the church today and, and say, you know, see, look at that. That's, that's why I'm not part of the church. But instead, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus fights for what ought to be. Mm-hmm. He stands up and holds everyone to a higher standard. In the midst of all of this, we must remember that Jesus, he didn't sin. Uh, we're not sinning by feeling angry. You know, what we do uh, amidst our anger may or may not be sinful, depending on on what we do. Uh, Jesus, within his anger, did not sin, even though, you know, he said and did some things that were really difficult for others to receive. You know, Jesus had a passion for God's house, the temple. Braden, you know, we Christians do not have a, have a physical temple. And the equivalent, you know, it's not a church building. Right. The, the temple of, of this story and our church building of today, they're not the same. They're not the same. Exactly. 
Jesus referred to his own body as a temple. And we see later other, you know, church leaders and, and New Testament authors pick up on this idea. Okay, so listen to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians six nineteen. It says this, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. You know, we too, we too can have a, a deep passion for God's temple, mm-hmm. which everyone who is a follower of Christ is God's temple. Yeah, uh, this is the church, the you know, us being God's temple. You know, it's not a, it's not a building. It's people who have committed their lives to Christ. And, and just like Jesus, we can be passionate about God's people, his church. Each one of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We can have that passion for God's house. Well said. Ah, thank you. Growth tip time. Hey guys, our growth tip this week is it's, it's pretty straightforward. Builds a little bit off of what we were talking about last week. Yeah. Uh, Great minds think like we didn't even plan that. We didn't even <laughs> plan that. Uh, the temple was a place for people to worship God. Okay. Yeah. So this week we want you to worship God, but not through singing or, or things that you, you know, would maybe regularly see at a church gathering. If you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. No, since God has honored you with the Holy Spirit, we want you to do something to make God's temple even better. Right. You could eat healthier. You could get some exercise, get the proper amount of sleep, which really bad at. Maybe that should be my focus. <laughs> yeah, we all have our, our, our difficulties. Exactly. So do something that will benefit your body and in turn honor the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. Now, if you do not consider yourself a Christian or a follower of Christ, and, and you're still maybe trying to figure all of this stuff out and make sense of it, you can still do this too. God created each one of us, and, mm-hmm. and, and caring for our bodies is just one way to honor our creator, God. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, guys, we've had so much fun with you today. Uh, sorry for the shenanigans at the beginning and like getting off track before we got on track. I'm not sorry for the shenanigans. It was kind of fun. I like the shenanigans. Well, that's why like you've asked tracks. me to be your MC for this, this <laughs> yeah, coming okay. wedding. We're off track again. All right. <laughs> Back on track. Okay. So, you know what? If, if you uh, agree that there is nothing more important than a growing relationship with God, then please share this podcast with a friend or two or four or more. <laughs> two or four, four or, more. or more. I like that. It rhymes. I, uh, <laughs> I am sure that they will. App- I hope they appreciate it. I'm sure they will. Th- absolutely. They will. Thanks for sharing that, guys. Um, Don't forget to rate this podcast wherever you listen to it. It helps us grow and improve and will help others discover uh, the podcast as well. A 97 stars out of 97 stars. Uh, That's that's like a Connor McDavid thing, which, you know, there you go. Maybe many people don't know. (laughs) Okay. Don't forget about any future contests that we have coming up. You can learn all about those at Bible Story Pod on Instagram. That's where I put all the information. Hey, you want to know if you want to win things. I always want to win things and I always enter and I never <laughs> win. I don't understand why. Just because you're not allowed to win. Oh. Well, you guys have a great week and good luck on our future contests. We will talk to you next time.
Okay, I, I have a confession. Are you are you sure you should be telling us this? Okay, well, as recording? a kid, and, and sometimes even now, I, I find myself afraid of the dark. I just really don't like not being able to see things. <laughs> wow, that's, that's the confession. Okay, tune in to our next episode to find out what a fear of the dark has to do with our relationship with God.